0: Well, good morning, everybody, and we are back on What the Frack. Gino, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, Steve? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Running a little crazy this morning, but uh, everything's going well. You so. have
1: been a moving target here I lately. Know. It's
0: been it's been kind of crazy. I'm I'm ready to be less of a moving target. I'm, I'm ready for people to start hitting me. So. I'm gonna get a tracker put on you. <laughs> Put an so Apple I can tag on out me. where you are. Hey, that, yeah, we did that with my, my wife's luggage, um, and it got lost, and it didn't help at all. We, we, we were telling the airline where the luggage was, and they still wouldn't go get it.
1: So. Did you know at one time I had you where I could actually track you? Oh, crap. And it's been surprise. a few years, base It's probably five or six years ago. <laughs> you know, know how to uh, follow your friends? Well, I did it with Steve, and he didn't know it. So we'd be here like at yeah, you know eight thirty, and I, have to.
0: I go, Steve just went past Spring Cypress. I think I have to uh, agree to that, don't I? I feel a little. I think violent you did,
1: yet. but you didn't realize what you did. So Cooney and I always knew where you were. Oh God, I hope I. Didn't and then go to you any place figured it I out.
0: Been to? <laughs> then you figured it out and took it off your phone. Yeah, that's good to know. That's I never did tell
1: you that. Now I've just told you that. On and there's a million worldwide yeah. listener listeners, and they all know the story. Well, I, I just hope I didn't go to some place I shouldn't have been. No, you never no. did. You were either at the library or at a customer's <laughs> office.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, Gino, you know what? I really like I like a feel-good story. Do you? Yeah, I do. I do. I like feel-good stories Me about, about heroes. Yep. I'm not talking about Superman. You know, not those kinds of heroes. Those, those are good stories, too. Mm-hmm. But I like those feel-good stories about, you know, the real heroes in our world, like, you know, policemen. You, yep. know, you those stories about policemen doing the right thing or... Firemen running, you know, what they do in their, their jobs and nurses and things like that. Those I like those stories. And we're going to talk about one of those stories today. All right. And we're going to talk about trucking and logistics. And I believe that the truckers out there and the people that deliver our products are unsung heroes. Great point. Do, do you agree with me? I totally agree with that. I'll- didn't see that angle coming, but well, I totally, I, totally agree with you. I mean, you. if you think about it, all, the, all that they, all the logistics companies do and trucking companies do for us in our daily lives, and we don't give them the credit that they deserve. I mean, think about COVID when your packages were still arriving. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's an industry that really is, is not as, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. And we're going to talk about it today and we have a special guest yes, to Yes, we that, do. Right? So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you Chris Black, who is the president of Encompass Logistics. Hey, Chris. Good morning, Steve. Hey, Chris. Hey, how, about, Steve. how about that intro Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> impressive. I'm telling you, I
1: like
2: it.
0: I like the connection
2: to the heroes. Team. Well,
0: I'm not kidding. I, th- I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, because it's it's uh, we you know we, we take it for granted, don't we? I mean, it's, yeah, we uh, really
1: do. it's just going to show up, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. It's right. going to be there and it's going to be on time.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got logistics, um, where it's, you get delivered in less than 24 hours. That's I right. mean, it's just amazing. And all these men and women out there that are making that happen. I, 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 really appreciate them. And with our, with our industry, uh, we're not much of a pipe distributor, um, without, um, our, our, our truckers that haul the pipe that we are trying to get to the well. And, yeah. And we're very, very happy to have Chris here because Chris is, like I said, the president of Encompass Logistics, um, and he they handle most of uh, the large majority of our, our freight um, and a lot of our our customers' freights. So we we BLPS as a distributor, we do our own freight, and our customers sometimes haul it themselves. and And Chris has a lot of customers that are in common um, with with BLPS. But Chris, I, I I really appreciate you coming in and, well, and talk. We're going to talk a little bit about trucking and and the challenges and, and, and some some of those things. But first, let's talk a little about what, what income, who is Encompass. So if you don't mind, just a real brief history, and I can probably fill in some of this, because...
2: Yeah, you've been around a little bit longer <laughs> yeah. than me. Well, I've,
0: I've, I've, I've known the company for a while, but yeah, but please go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, well, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate the opportunity and, and the chance to kind of tell a little bit about what we're trying to do at Encompass and what the vision is and, and where I think we're going. So, you know, it started back in 2015, Um, you know, doing majority brokerage work, and then through the course of the years, been able to expand a little bit into the asset business. And so having some, our own trucks and trailers and, you know, I've not been here very long, but I can tell you that just looking at what Encompass has done over a seven-year period is really impressive. The folks that work for Encompass, both from a dispatch and from a, a back office standpoint, do just a fantastic job. And and, Steve, I couldn't agree with you more with regards to the unsung heroes out there on the truck drivers. You know, being in this industry for so long, um, these guys, they, they you know, we take them for granted. We uh, do. They're, they're gone from home a lot, and, um, you know, they sacrifice a lot, and, and they're not making huge six-figure, you know, incomes. Right. And so, they do a lot of work for... You know, not a substantial amount of pay, but they, yeah. they do it because they, you know, they love what they do. Yeah, and they're a different breed of people I, that I, can do no,
0: it. No, that that is the truth. Well, well, well Chris, let me uh, real quickly. I'm going to have a couple questions for you, but what is your background? So you you've been in the logistics industry for a little while, and before that, some financials. That's side, right. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah so uh, almost 30 years ago, I started my career with um, out of an officer training program with uh, what is now J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, worked on the commercial banking side as well as the wealth management, private banking. And, uh, you know, trucking was one of the industries, the sectors that I dealt with. And so, uh, you know, having left there, I ended up doing a couple of different transactions. Everything from medical waste to refrigeration to flatbed LTL work and then truckload work. Um, most recently, you know, we had a number of crude trucks throughout the basins in the U.S., from the Bakken, you know, all the way over into the Ohio area and, and down into South Texas, so kind of a little bit of everything when it comes to, to the transport side. And um, you both. kind of
0: get it. I mean, once you you go from J.P. Morgan into logistics, you got of get your blood, I guess. Is it?
2: You know, I I think it was it was just really an interesting time um, after J.P. Morgan and Chase merged. And it was a good opportunity for me to kind of move on and, and I had a, a significant trucking company that I dealt with and went to work with them. And then from there we did a couple of transactions and, and um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was really fun in the early days. And uh, ju- I think that just having the financial background lent itself very well to, to moving in. I already knew the business mm-hmm. from, a, from a financial standpoint. So, uh, you know, went over as a CFO for a couple of different companies and um, one we sold and the other continues on. And so it was a good opportunity. And then to kind of move on to the operations side lent itself very well. And, And so knowing the financial piece allowed me to really work with, you know, the operations and understand what was going on and try to manage that piece of of the balance sheet and and really take a hard look at our P&L as we move Yeah,
0: cuz I mean it's and that's a good point cuz it's it's a complicated business. I mean it, it it's, can it's, be. it's 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 you know, you think well you, know, you go and you get a truck and you hire a truck driver and, and then you're good to go but there's I mean for one thing a truck is you know only has so many miles it can drive. That's I mean, right. It's a lot but it's you got to worry about the maintenance on it. Um you have to worry uh, about your driver and the the person that's operating and making sure that they're they're getting what they need. Um, fuel is is uh, you know the uh, fuel costs are all over the place a lot of times. It's a heavily regulated industry and you yes. never know what regulation is coming down. So it's you re, I mean I, to your point it's 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 your financial background and being in in J P Morgan with a lot of moving parts over there too. It's it's probably good experience to to run a logistics company because the moving parts are, are significant That's right. in, in a trucking company. But yeah. I want to ask a question. We, you mentioned something, I want to make sure our listeners understand a little bit uh, the differences. Encompass was started as really more of a brokerage, but then moved into asset base. And let explain exactly what that means. Yeah,
2: so uh, you know, on the brokerage side, basically the company works more as an intermediary um, by taking the customers that we have and placing their freight with carriers throughout the United States. And so by doing that, the Encompass, and I think this is the, the beautiful part of Encompass, that you know, there's a lot of brokerage services companies out there. Um, with the 24-hour dispatch service and managing that freight from start to finish, I think is you know, very important to the customer uh, because they don't have to worry about it. And so you know, we'll, we've got dispatchers that when we take these loads, we move them by finding the right carriers, and and I think that's another really important piece of the Encompass story is the carriers that Encompass uses and being very particular with Mm -hmm. how we select those customers. Moving to the asset side is more taking on equipment.
0: So, you're buying the truck or or leasing the truck. You you, you could,
2: and then, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. owner-operators. You've got guys that they What's have that? the equipment, so this is a guy that has or a lady that has their own equipment. They've got their own tractor trailer. They may only have their own tractor and then pull our trailer. Okay, but they operate underneath our DOT authority, and so we treat them just as if they were one of our own trucks. Okay, I mean, they follow the same safety principles. They they have to have the same preventive maintenance. We keep up with all of their records for the DOT and the FMCSA which are the regulatory agencies over transportation here in the United that's States. That's got to be a so – it, 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 it's got to help, help them a lot. It, yeah, it really does. It helps them, and it expands our ability to grow on the asset side without having to spend a lot of capital right. by going out and buying trucks and trailers. And, and that's become even more critical since the COVID days because yeah. the the way that the Peterbilts and the Freightliners and the and Kenworths and all the major manufacturers of trucks – really slowed up they begin to have a lot of difficulty in getting parts mm-hmm. and being able to even complete the equipment and so it it's been really it's been really helpful to have the owner operators and i and i suspect that we will continue to expand on that throughout the united states in various areas right
0: right and we we've been talking about the the trucker the the person actually operates a truck a lot but uh, we probably should also talk about some of the unsung heroes that are are behind the scenes i mean i'll i'll used an example, and that's that's the dispatchers. And oh, I mean, for just sure. as as you know, when you t- talk about uh, when you dial nine one one, you're not talking to the, the the police right away. You're talking to uh, an operator that's dispatching all the police. And and the dispatcher in the trucking company is that's not an easy job, easy either, because it's it, you could be getting calls at any time during the day. I mean, you do. I know, Jeannie, you and I have made those yes. calls sometimes. Oh, man,
1: we have. And, and I tell you, I was involved with Encompass for a short while there, and I had no idea how busy those dispatcher were, that they, they, they were, and and the paperwork that goes along with it. it right. Is it the owner-operator that's hauling it? Is it, are you brokering the pipe, uh, the, the load? Uh, or is it one of our trucks? And everything's handled differently. Sometimes on one load of pipe, a string of pipe, you could have three different types of trucker hauling that pipe. That's right. Yeah, the different companies. And, and different yeah, companies. And, companies. And, and you we'll had to keep up that, with too. every bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell
2: you a funny story. So when we sold the 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 uh, oil hauling company back in 2019. And I was able to kind of take my phone away from beside my bed. My wife was very excited. And <laughs> then jumping back into transportation, she's like, man, you mean that phone's going to be back beside the bed again? I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be there. But you're right, Steve. And, and Gene, to your point, the, the dispatchers, it, it's 24-7. Yeah. You know, you try to get to where you've got a schedule where people can get time off. You, they, they need that time. Yeah, it's you easy
0: know? to probably burn out on that trip. It is.
2: And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, very focused on making sure people take their, their PTO because right. it, you know, you go, go, go. Um, and, and the, the calls in the evenings and in the late at night, it's not just your, your company trucks. I mean, these brokered trucks, you know, I, I say this and I mean it sincerely, you know, we, we pray every day about our truck drivers because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a tough job. It's a dangerous job. It is a dangerous really. job. Right. And, um, you know, at, in the middle of the night you get somebody who, you know, God forbid gets into an accident. Um, or you know they they have maintenance issues and then not only are you dealing with the truck and the truck driver you're dealing with the customer mm-hmm. because you know you're going to be late and so then it becomes an issue of what do you do there and you know hopefully you get that truck kind of going but it can take 3 4 hours in the middle of the night just to handle one situation yeah and so uh, the, the dispatchers do a tremendous amount of work, and 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 I and I also want to mention just kind of everybody else, you know, you, that moves right into accounting, um, you know, HSE and 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 compliance, and all of these areas get involved. You know, fortunately, you know, there are some aspects of the business that don't have to jump in in the middle of the night and and do things, but they all work hand in hand, um, and so. When you think about what they do at night a lot of times it's it's really safety related um you know maintenance related and then like i say you're dealing with all aspects because you got to touch base with the the customer right as well.
0: right well let me talk a little bit about maybe the different industries um and how trucking differs from one industry to the next um i'm most familiar with oil field hauling hauling it's um it's a, it's, I, I know it's challenges, but I, I know every, I've, I know all, in all trucking industries have challenges, but uh, I want to talk a little about uh, the, maybe some of the, those differences. So for instance, you know, I, we're hauling, we're hauling pipe out of pipe yards, and then we're delivering pipe to really remote locations uh, at all hours of the day, maybe could be at one in the morning, it could be one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those locations are hard to get, get to, and so so that's one thing. And I want to talk a little about whether there's different equipment that you need. Uh, and then there's also, you know, more of the general freight, um, that, uh, and those guys work just as hard. I'm not saying they, they don't, I've I've got a nephew in law, um, uh, Josh Charles, who's a shout out to him, who hauls for Frito lay. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, he's always, I mean, it's, it's interesting because his hours are kind of all over the place too. Now he's, he's a hard work guy. Um, and he he goes and picks up loads when he when they're offered whenever they're offered. But uh, but he's he's picking up loads more at probably loading docks and delivering right. at loading docks. Right. So, I'm wondering uh, about the different equipments needed. Uh, I think flatbeds versus box trailers. Right. And you talk a little bit about how the different industries are.
2: Yeah. So you know the the oil and gas side is is pretty heavy on the flatbed, um, and that can be everything from truckload. To less than load or LTL, and you know when you when you kind of jump into those things, it's a lot of work on the flatbed side, um, especially if you've got guys that are having to go out and tarp loads um, on the pipe. You know, our drivers are responsible for strapping that pipe, and so they're out in the elements. You know, if you're up in North Dakota in the middle of winter, it's it's pretty tough to get out there and be able to strap those loads or if you're moving crude oil, you know you're out there for a long period of time, and mm-hmm. so you know it's really it. it, it does take um, different people to do different things. When you look at general commodity or van freight, you know most of that's drop and hook, and so these guys are pulling up to docks, and they don't they don't have to do as much. I'm not saying it's not as difficult. Right, they're they're gone for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of time on the oil and gas side. You know these guys get to come home every couple of days, um, right. unless they just want to run consistently. Right. You know, we'll have some long haul that may go from you know South Texas up to the Pennsylvania area, um, or up to North Dakota, Wyoming, up in the, those locations, and and those are a little bit longer. But for the most part, on the oil and gas side, you see these guys um, on the flatbed, and they're moving more regional, and mm-hmm. so they're you know they're they're able to get home. A little bit more, not a lot. Um, But it does take a different person, I would tell you, to do what we do on the oil and gas side. It's just, it's a lot more difficult than your general van freight Mm -hmm. or refrigerated freight where other people are. You know you've got lumpers that are the guys that are running in and out of the out of the docks that are moving the freight in and out lumpers, of the trucks. That, that's okay Lumpers. yeah, that's lumpers, a, yeah. Heard that one. yeah. <laughs> never heard that one <laughs> yeah and they charge a lot too by the way okay okay um so, so good 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 career there to be yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um so you know and i think the 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 beauty of what we have also with encompass is that we can do all of it mm-hmm. i mean we're not restricted to just moving oil and gas, and that's obviously one of the things that we'd like to expand on as we move forward and and look at other opportunities. And and,
0: and you already are hauling. We other are things outside of energy we products. Are. So. Yes, yeah.
2: I mean, we've got a number of of vans that we move right now, um, particularly around the Gulf Cor- the Gulf Coast region mm-hmm. down into the Florida area. And we'd like to see our ability to expand on that yeah. and, and move into some other spaces. And what that requires is is really finding the right people that have relationships with direct customers that are doing things other than oil and gas. And, and, and I think there's still an the opportunity to expand on the oil and gas side. You know, we don't do anything right now um, that is, you know, local mm-hmm. uh, necessarily. I mean, we do some, but I think that, you know, particularly in the Houston area, where you have the ship channel, and, you know, you've got a lot of producers in the area. You've got a lot of tools that come back to the Houston area to be reworked. Um, you know, there may be some opportunity there for us in the future to to put a terminal somewhere, consolidate some freight, and be able to, to help out on that side yeah. as well.
0: And I guess there's also – are there different licensings? Uh, like they, you, you drive down the road, and you'll see a truck saying, you know, get your CDL, uh, give give this number a call or something sure. like that. But so that's that's. So if you if I were to go and get my CDL, what truck can I drive? I assume that there's might be some things that I couldn't haul, like probably hazardous waste and. Right. Well, is I guess there's a whole license. Is there? there how does that work? I yeah, mean,
2: there there is. I mean, you 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 know, to haul hazmat takes a different endorsement. Um, to, to, you have move. to have to special
0: training you and do is it yeah, you do. extensive or
2: no, I think it depends more on the company okay um, you know you, you certainly would have to have tanker experience to be able to, to move liquids yeah. and so there's there are those things there's heavy haul you know which I think heavy haul uh, particularly in the oil and gas industry is is an interesting opportunity potentially um, and that takes uh, that takes is a that, special driver that's oversized is overweight. that what you have the
0: pilot cars and you things do. like that okay you do. And, yeah. and
2: it doesn't always require the pilot cars but okay. for the most part you know it takes a lot of permitting it takes people internally you know from a compliance standpoint to make sure they understand what they're doing from from a um from a permitting perspective so it's not when you move into some of these other areas and hazmat's another great example you've got to have a lot of support on the back side it's not just the driver oh, so, okay. so that's one of the things that at Encompass that we'll focus on over the course of the next year. There's a number of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Having started, you know, just in February, we've got a lot of things that we wanna try to focus on over the course of the year. And, um, you know, we've got someone coming in that has worked with me at two different companies that's gonna do some consulting with us on the compliance and HSE side to, help us kind of review mm-hmm. and um look for you know where are some of the the holes that we have to be able to expand into those those areas and, and you know when you think about hazmat it's not just crude oil or chemicals um you know we've we've got some relationships over the years with with crating and packing companies who are mm-hmm. moving batteries oh okay. you know you, it's it's not it's not just a chemical it, it can be just a flammable they can be blasting caps you know, are a different level. So there's different levels within the hazmat sector. And, um, and those are not as easy, I would say to broker. And that's particularly because I'm so specialized. Well, it is. And I'm just, I'm more particular who's going to haul it. Oh yeah. So you gotta be, (laughs) you've gotta be really careful about who you have and, you know, how do they look not only on paper, you know, when you pull up their scores and you check to see who they are, but, You know, how have they done in the past? What's their performance look like? Have you used them before? Yeah. And so, you know, and and it's the same thing when we were moving crude oil. You know, we did have a couple of owner-operators, but I would tell you those owner-operators were folks that had worked for us previously that decided to go and be an owner get their own truck. And we knew who they were. We trusted them. Um, We knew they could do the work. And so... You know, I, I think that's another big piece of what we, we are doing at Encompass. And again, I think Encompass has done a fantastic job, but we're going to expand upon, you know, really making sure that we've got the top carriers out there in this business. Um, you know, and it's interesting because if you just look at the overall sector of transportation, and, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier with regards to the amount of work that transportation does, Over 72% of all the freight in the United States by weight is moved on trucks. Jeez. And so that's a, yeah, over 72%, you know? And so when you look at that and, and, and so when you talk about the carriers, when you look at the carrier base out there and you're talking about over a million trucking companies, according to, you know, what the DOT had back in 2022, I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, over 90% of those trucking companies have six or less trucks, mm. and and it, and it and it squeezes even wow. a little bit more. Less than <clears throat> you know, over ninety five percent have ten or less trucks, and so you're talking about a very small oh, oui. percentage of the trucking companies that have very large freights. When you're, I mean, trucks. When you're talking about the Sias, the Conways, the mm-hmm. WalMarts, yeah, um, you know, these big companies. From an overall percentage of the number of trucking companies it's very small mm. that have that those large fleets so
0: and, let me ask you this about some of the we maybe change the direction uh, a little bit which is actually you were kind of getting at what the challenges we, there's a lot of challenges in the trucking industry a lot of it is is regulatory mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just manpower isn't it it uh, is and so what what does that look like in the future i mean because it's it's concerning to us you mentioned um, oil field haulers. It's not an easy job. Um, it's it, it's um, it can be very very difficult. And obviously, as a company that hauls, we ha- move a lot of pipe. It concerns me on whether, and it should concern our customers too, on whether there's going to be enough drivers out there. Right. Um, I mean, it seems like, and that's one thing we, I, I hope I hope to accomplish in in this call. Is I mean this in this uh, uh, podcast is that if you're looking for a career, truck driving is is a, probably a good one to look there's at. Opportunity there's, there. there's we're we're looking at a shortage, aren't we? I mean,
2: we are, and, and you know it's interesting too because when you look and you and and you might have truck rates sliding backwards just a little bit, and I think we're seeing a little of that right now. But however, you know, it still looks like that the numbers that I look at is that the U.S. is still about sixty thousand drivers short. Sixty uh, thousand. sixty thousand, uh, and 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 that's I think that was uh, Fleet Waves or it might have been ATA that that I looked at for that number and and they suspect that it's going to grow by twenty thirty to one hundred and sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Canada's seeing a shortage as well, and and I there's a couple of different reasons. One, it, a little bit of it depends on the sector. Mm-hmm. I know that in the oil and gas side, that's where I've spent the majority of my careers, oil and gas. And it, the ups and downs in the industry create a, a challenge for folks, right? I mean, they, and they'll move into something that's more steady. You know, we've lost a lot of guys over the years just moving from one sector of the transportation industry to another. So getting out of the oil and gas side with a lot of ups and downs, not really knowing, you know, their career is based on the crude oil price mm-hmm. a lot of times. And they'll move into moving, like for a Walmart, who is very steady, but they really don't want to be over the road for a week at a time. Um, that that's you know that that is one challenge. I think the other thing that we see right now is that every year we are we're losing drivers to um, retirement. Yeah, and it's so an age, first, it's we, an age. It's thing. an age sure. thing, yep. and and we really are. We're we're seeing we're seeing that you know the labor market when it comes to drivers is going to continue to shrink based on that, and and. Honestly, you know, I could look back and, and tell you that the majority of the best drivers I had over the years were the older guys. And mm-hmm. and they just, you know, they just well, worked. experience means They something. had a lot of experience, and, yeah. and they knew how hard it was. Yeah. And, and they weren't afraid to work hard. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that generationally we've seen this, you know, complete lack of wanting to work. But I think that, you know, the hard work is – is different today than you know. Finding people to do that is Absolutely. different than it we, used to we be.
0: touched on that on another podcast on the work from home versus mm-hmm. you know yeah. going in the office. And um, again, my my uh, nephew in law, who's the driver, Josh. She he's he sees that he's he's told me he says yeah, it's just people don't want to work as hard. And like I said, I'm proud of, I'm proud of him because he he does work very hard. Right. Right. Um, but but he's more of the exception uh, mm-hmm. than than the rule nowadays and it's, I don't, the, the, the issue is that, you know, logistics and trucking, it's not going to, it's not going to get a lot easier. No. I mean, it, it, and, and, and I think the regulatory environment will probably yes. make it more difficult.
2: Well, and, and we saw that over the last, you know, a few years going back to 18 when, uh, you know, the ELD mandates, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of your older drivers, you know, they, they, you know, everybody ran on logs and I, I would love to tell you everybody ran legally, but they didn't. Um, right. Now the, the the good news, and, and I, I really want to make a point of this, is that from a safety perspective, the ELD is fantastic, mm-hmm. and safety is an absolute top priority. It has always been a top priority for me, and in the organizations that I've worked with, um, and it will continue to be. And so I like the ELD mandate, mm-hmm. but you know, for some of these guys, you know, they're not. It was a it was a big change. Yeah. Um, from a regulatory perspective, you're right. I mean, things continue to change. There's, there's always something that is a moving part, and we have to keep up with that. You know, there's debate over should we, re, you know, lower the age limit to haul specific things. That, that I mean, what a the lot age limit?
0: Do you have any of those age limits? I mean, I, I don't even know what they. Yeah,
2: are. Yeah, you know, when you when you look at you know eighteen to twenty twenty one, there all these things are kind of bouncing around mm-hmm. as to what you can do. Um, and you know, what age should you be? And there's a lot of discussion about that. There's also, you know, we saw that, you know, buying, it's going to sound crazy, but buying automatic trucks versus, you know, standard trucks was a deal because I can tell you, you take any of your kids and ask yeah. them, and most of them don't know how to drive a standard or a stick shift. <laughs> or do they want to learn? Yeah. Right, and yeah. so you know, there's those things. Then I think also, you know, another challenge in the industry when you when you look at it is a lot of the ESG stuff that's yeah. coming through. And you know, what does that mean? How does that look going forward? Can electric trucks? They they can't get the distance that a that a diesel truck can get. Um, you know, do they have the towing power? You know, I think those things are working out, yeah. and they're and they're getting there on those things. Autonomous trucking obviously is a big discussion topic, um, but you can never replace a guy that's got to go out and throw straps on a truck, right? And or tarp a truck. Right. You, you just you can't replace that. AI is not going to do that, right? And so you know, uh, hydrogen. You know, I I think that Encompass took some good steps this year in trying to. Look at the hydrogen technology and put that on the equipment. Some of the equipment we have and, and test it. That that um, that's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know I think it continues to get better. But you know then you, you also run into supply chain issues on this stuff. You know we see it now even just putting hydrogen units on our own vehicles. Yeah. You know you you have supply chain issues, um, and and you know the other challenges that I think that we see right now, um, you know with regards to compensation. You know, it's 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 terrible. The average driver makes about $70,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And yet trucking is the first sector to get pushed upon to reduce their rates. Right. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's general commodity or it's oil and gas. Trucking is kind of always the low guy on the totem pole. And we always feel like we're fighting upwards in this business and trying to explain why, you know, we need you know, a decent rate and it's, it's, well, to and
0: keep- yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I mean, when I was, when I was shipping pipe for customers and I was out there trying to find rates and I was, I was guilty of that. And, and sadly as an industry, we keep doing that and right. we're driving people out of the industry. Absolutely. And so, and part of the reason why you maybe had, were successful in that is there was, you know, there was overcapacity of, of trucking at the time, but that's we're that's changing quickly. Right. And again, we're we are we're, we're incentivizing people to not get in the industry by by keeping the wages down um, and and beating beating trucking co- companies up and we're just going to hurt ourselves in the long run by, yeah. by doing that.
2: Well, and and I'll tell you that, that uh, there's a lot of trucking companies that are guilty of driving some of that because they start to get a little slow and they'll go out and they'll they'll just take done, rates yeah. and they'll they'll walk into your Yeah, well, to a point, yeah. But what happens is, and, and you know, again, we've seen this over the years. We saw it back in two thousand and eight, you know, nine. We saw it in sixteen. Um, you know, I guess, yeah, it was about sixteen after the the prices fell so steep. But you know, you get these guys that go out there and they start pitching these super low rates, mm-hmm. and they're not sustainable, right? And so you start to see these guys that are they're not keeping up with their preventive maintenance. You know, you'll start to see the you know, your customers are getting behind you know they're they're getting delayed freight because the trucks are not there. And when you look at these small companies, like I say, the majority of them being six and under in trucks, every penny that a small trucking company spends on maintenance or their driver is just less money that they have you know for themselves within yeah. the company. And it's not cheap to run these companies. Um, you know there's there's over seven million people. In the trucking industry, from drivers to the back office, and in the United States, and you know it's an it's an eight hundred billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. and so it takes it takes money to do that. And I think that you know I will always say I don't want to be the highest priced, I don't want to be the lowest priced, right. I want to be the right price, but we want to be the best and in, in what we do. Right. And um, you know we've we've had customers over the years where you know, things got tight and, you know, they're like, hey, w- you know, we, we've got to make sure that we're at the top of our game, so we need you at the top of your game. And and they didn't cut us. They actually, some of these companies, one in particular, they actually came back and gave us an increase during that period of time because they knew it was tough. And so, you know, I'm, that's not the norm, but I do think that transportation tends to kind of be the whipping boy, if you will, a
1: little
0: yeah. bit when it comes to tight Sadly, time. Sadly, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so. Absolutely.
1: Well, I've got an observation to make, oh, Steve. Excellent. Uh-oh. And I'm looking at you. That's kind of scary. Because okay. it involves you and me. Okay. <laughs> when we started in Compass, yep. and we've had some, some great people that yes. have grown in Compass to the point we're at now. Right. But we always had basically pipe guys kind of running in Compass. Luckily, we had some boots on the ground people that got us to where we are. But I, I just listened to you for... You know, a while there, and I'm I'm thinking about Steve and I, and how much we didn't know about (laughs) this business, and uh, how fortunate we are that we found you. And I'm I'm really excited about where Encompass is going, the vision you have, uh, the new offices, uh, the new personnel you're bringing in to go with what we've got, which I think is a great foundation. Absolutely. Um, But I'm sitting there looking at Tate, and I'm thinking,
0: well, what Gene's alluding to is, I think. I was the first president of That's Encompass right. which I quickly found somebody else that I thought could do a better job, which was you know, that that person was a more experienced than I was. And eventually Gene ended up being president of Encompass and Gene found Chris. So yes. thank goodness you found yes, Chris. Exactly. And thank goodness we had great people at Encompass that knew what they were doing because uh, I, i'm I'm not it's not a secret. I mean, everybody in Compass knew that we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. But we're trying to find that right person that did. I'm, and Chris, I'm glad we found you because I, you are that right person that knows what they're doing. and and can take this company to the the next level. Well, know, thank so you.
2: You we, guys did a great job for not knowing what you were doing <laughs> because you went from two thousand loads, two thousand loads in twenty fifteen to over forty five thousand last year. So isn't that amazing? Uh, you know, I mean it's it's, just, a, it's a it's a real testament, to, I think, to what you to guys did and to the, the people that are now. in Encompass. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I it's mean, it's it's, a, it's the Encompass people. That has nothing to do with yeah me and Gene. tell <laughs> that's you that exactly. Right. Well, you <laughs> that's know that's where I was going with that.
2: And I give a shout a shout out to you know Scott Gillette and Kevin. I mean yeah, they, they've really done a, a good, good job, job yeah. and yep. and you know the rest of the team I mean it could go one those by are the guys one. Who
0: those, all those people over there it kept it going. I mean, they have yeah
2: mm-hmm. and and they do an awful lot with very little quite yep. frankly and and that's one of the things that we're gonna spend this next year really evaluating is is we want to be right-sized mm-hmm. um, but to grow we've got to have capacity to grow we can't go out and sell capacity if we don't have it internally yeah, And, and we're going to, you know, look at technology and, and, I you know, another thing you mentioned challenges, I think technology is going to be a big part of the transportation industry moving forward. And it's certainly a focus for us both on our transportation management system, the TMS system, and, um, you know, how we communicate with our drivers uh, just to be more efficient and yeah. free up time for our dispatchers yeah. during the day.
0: Absolutely. Well, we probably should wrap this up because we've been talking. I mean, we could talk about this for a long, long (laughs) time. We might need to do
1: part two, in my opinion. Oh man, Uh, okay, I'm serious. Okay, I I think we should. Yeah,
0: but I guess one of the messages also is for all of our uh, the the how many were the million and million and a half million million somewhere. Chris, we're actually maybe maybe at about ten listeners. Ten, <laughs> yeah, five of them. But all of our right. listeners out there, uh, <laughs> yeah, give it give it some thought about the unsung heroes in this industry. Um, when you're out on the road, and that and I know we're trying to get where we want to go, and there's a big semi in front of us, and we're cussing oh, that semi. First of all, remember that guy's a lot better driver than you. <laughs> first of all, they're more experienced, and they they got a lot tougher job uh, hauling that truck than you do driving your car. So. Be patient with them out there. If you have, if you know somebody in the trucking industry, or even if you see someone like your, the guy who uh, delivers Amazon, he's driving a truck too. Thank him for what they do. That's right. Uh, yep. Because this world, uh, this country, uh, all the great things, uh, the 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 benefits we have, the ease of life, a lot of that has to do uh, with this industry. And We really appreciate everybody that's doing. Doing the hauling of our product, the products that we're buying, and, and things of that nature. And Chris, thanks again. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to to visit with us this morning. And and yeah, we'll we'll to put together part two well, on I that think and we really should. do a delve into the industry a little bit more. But I think this is a, a good kind of cursory, uh, uh, initial one uh, yep. on the trucking industry. So. So again, thanks everybody. Uh, G, do you have anything else you want to add? I mean, are the Aggies there? there, there do we have to bring are, up are the Aggies? We just got yet, beaten or?
1: baseball, uh, but we were gonna we were well, gonna Catherine's play the Texas play. Longhorns.
0: You were going to, but yes, now we gotta play Stanford. Yeah.
1: Oh, you! Hi, Catherine. To the ladies yes, that just won
0: the championship again. for softball. Those girls are amazing. Three P. Oh, jeez. Uh, we'll amazing. never hear the end of that around here. I know. Here. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> congratulations! That's, that's a great team. accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Really
2: is. Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate yeah, it you being
0: Thank you, thank you, Chris. And uh, and again, we'll wrap it up. At uh, we'll catch you next time on What the Frack.